Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. In today's episode, we get to hear from Alan Pastian, who is a pastor and author, and he brings a fun perspective as we look at the story of David and Saul's first interaction. So let this be a prequel to the story we know as David and Goliath, and let's get ready to ask the critical question, what would I do? Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. Today, we get the opportunity to hear from Alan Pastian. And Alan has been a mentor of mine for over 10 years, which has been amazing. Uh, first of all, that someone's lasted this long with me. <laughs> uh, but uh, he... a lot of therapy. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Lo- Too many great therapy. memories. I love it. Yeah. And so Alan is, if you don't know, Alan is uh, an author, a pastor, a vlogger. Um, his goal is to make sure that anyone who is around him becomes better. Uh, and we're going to hear from that a little bit. But Alan, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I love it. I would not miss this. I love hanging out with you. We get to hang out all the time. So yeah. this is just another time to be able to actually record one of our awesome conversations right. that we have every week. Yeah, it's great. And, cool. it's, and it makes it so much fun when things just are natural and it becomes easy. And I know that in my own experience, especially when it comes to growing as a follower of Jesus, you have made it easy and you have made it natural for me to be able to desire to grow and be better. And so I just want to start off by saying thank you for taking me as a young college kid with great biblical experience, knowledge, but then having application to it. Oh man. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm as natural as black. You know my coffee or black coffee. I'm a, I'm au natural. That's how it's done. Strong, right. hot, dark. Let's yeah. go. But I love. Uh, yeah, I think of that time when we met way back in in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. We hung out, and uh, you know, you as a pastor, you hang with a lot of people, right? So you're like, oh man, like here's another great dude. This is great. But of course, when God brings about and shows and allows you to catch a glimpse of potential, mm-hmm. and I saw that, I was like. Oh my gosh, this guy's amazing! Like, I need him on my youth team. Like, yeah. he needs to be a part of my youth ministry. I need all of the Matt Nyland awesomeness yeah. to be poured out onto my students. And you, at the time, weren't thinking youth pastor, right? You were thinking like, yeah, I was in. Uh, I was on track. For those of you that don't know, I was on track to be a physical and health educator. Yeah, uh, and then personal trainers, kind of what the goal was. And then God radically shifted my plan paralleled to my passion and then you took that and then just let me run with it which was which was amazing well you are youth leader extraordinaire i mean you've been at river valley you're the longest youth leader i think at river valley that from still the old school days when i was there yeah and now you are youth pastoring at our location here in Mm -hmm. woodbury which is amazing and uh become a very uh close relationship to me. I, of course, I really value family and the faith. Yep. You know, it says in the Bible, you got a lot of teachers. You have a lot of those kind of people that do those kind of roles, but you don't have a lot of of uh, fathers in the faith. Right. You've got this mantle or this idea of being called a son to people mm-hmm. in the faith. And, you know, not very, you know, a handful of people get that, but we have a chance to share yeah. that. And it's been really special to me. And, of course, I had a chance to marry you, yes, and of course, yep. I've had the chance to know your wife since she was in middle school. Right. So, I mean, we kind of got a bond that's pretty unbreakable. Right. We have an unbreakable bond, and I have, again, like I said, I remember that Wednesday night. Um, it was my wife's best friend poked me while we were setting up for youth group and was like, hey, I have my friends coming from Alabama. You need to meet them. And I was right. like done that you already sold it for me. That's what's fine. And then you had us go out, and I think I had plans uh already on lock and you're like listen and this is the most as we get ready you're gonna hear this this is the most alan thing he goes listen you don't have plans anymore erase your plans this is just this is what those we're doing erase your cancel i'm gonna thanos snap it we're gonna reverse <laughs> all those plans are going up they're right. gonna get dusted because there's a whole new awesomeness you're gonna absolutely experience. yeah and um and unlike thanos snap everything worked out nice Rather yes. than Thanos snapping it, and it turned out. Horrific. I would say it would be the Tony Stark snap. Yeah, that makes true. everything be yep. go back, to, go go into a perfect, perfect place of what it always should have been. Right, which we got it, which is perfect. And so, um, and then 
let's talk about you. Tell me about your uh, your upbringing, your background. What may what makes Alan Allen um, from home uh, home place to today? Okay, yeah. Um, well, let's see. I was I'm from Minnesota. Awesome. And so being a Minis- being a Minnesotan, I'm used to cold and snow. People yeah. are like, you don't feel like you're from Minnesota. I said. Well, I've lived a lot of places, but I'm originally from Minnesota. Love it. Small community. Yeah. And when you're in a small town, it's like there's not a lot to do to entertain yourself. Right. You've got to find things to do. So I was very involved. I mean, I was I played on the football team. I was act I would do football in the fall, acting in the winter, yeah. tennis in the spring, summer, hang out, party with my friends because I wasn't a Christian. Right. I grew up uh Christmas Easter Lutheran kid. Sure. Got, um, and then I got confirmed, which thus threw me into a, like, oh, I don't have to go back to church now. Right. This is great. And my mom became a Christian when I was about 17. So at the, in my senior year, like yeah. junior, senior year time around there, she was just you like, were ready to leave. I know. I'm like, oh, this is great. And she's like, we're going to church. And I'm like, why are we going to church? I'm confirmed. We go yeah. Christmas Easter. Last time I checked, it's the middle of summer. What right. the heck? <laughs> And so she's like, oh, I found I found Jesus and became a Christian and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, that's great. But uh, I guess I'll go with you because you're right. my mom yeah. and you love me. But it wasn't not – it didn't really do anything for me. So then I went to uh, university. I got a degree yep. in uh, business and advertising, which was great. Right. Joined a fraternity, yep. became social on my – Live the college life. School campus, live yep. college life. And of course, when you're not a Christian living yeah. college life, it's called you go out Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. You party Thursday to Sunday. Yep. You um, do all the things college kids do Thursday to Sunday when they don't know Jesus. Right. Um, which was wild times. Yeah. Um, sowing wild oats. It was all of that stuff. <laughs> and yeah. it was then that I hit an extremely low point, um, which I don't mind saying this. I was... Right. Um, I was social chair at my fraternity. I was throwing a party. I was the DJ. Yeah. I have DJ skills extraordinaire. Yep. Matt, you've experienced many of my awesome playlists. Right. You know this oh. already. Yeah, um, we've been on a few road trips where I don't even have to worry about a playlist. I already know it's generated specifically yeah. for this trip. A hundred percent. You already know. Like, even for I'm staff like, meetings, there's no. specific playlists for staff You're meetings. You're right. So. <laughs> it <laughs> is. I'm like, what are we playing? I, sometimes we'll put the Lord of the Rings soundtrack oh, yeah. in. Yep. Sometimes we go, um, you know, Star Wars. Sometimes we go just, you know, 80s music. It just oh, depends. Yeah. But yep. um, I'm, I love music. And um and so it was in this moment the the police busted the my fraternity house oh no and I got thrown in jail and no I way. needed to and I couldn't go to my mom because I yep. felt like terrible and so I talked to my buddy who I need like a thousand dollars to build out and so I mean it was literally like they took my picture they took no put my way. stuff in a ziploc baggie and had an orange jumpsuit in the corner for me to put no on. way. For just this one night, I'm wow. like, please God, like, and I'm just like, my mom said Jesus is supposed to help in times like yeah. this. So I ended up, um, like, praying, called, made the one phone call to my friend. I got bailed yeah. out, and God just really took that moment yeah. and just accelerated it to where a month later, um, I finished up my semester at school. I walked into a church, yeah. called my mom the night before, and I said. I'm going to give my life to Jesus tomorrow. Wow. Like wow. I'm so dead set. I don't like the choices I've been making. I've hurt. You know, I was I had a lot of different relationships with different girls in college yeah. and it was just my friends. I I why you know, I just was very selfish. You know, when you yeah. don't know Jesus and you live according to your own rules, right. it's always dr- they're going to drift you towards selfishness. Yes. Self uh, what can I do? You know, I'm, well, I'm thinking for me, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, that's what sin does. It makes yeah. it about you where Jesus makes it about him. Right. And so that's just what it was. And yeah. so gave my heart to Christ and um, completely. And if I was from there on that day, I got involved like in the youth ministry like the next day. Yeah. Because I'm like, I got to hang because I'm a social person. You got to do like, something. Yeah. I got to find people. I'm busy. I, I'm, I'm an achiever. I love yep. these kind of things. I'm like, I got to go. I got to be doing stuff. I love it. And right. I really genuinely experienced Christ. I genuinely experienced forgiveness. Amazing. I ex- genuinely experienced a distaste yeah. towards all those things. Salvation, it's not like presto changeo brand new. It right. was like, oh, I went to party with my friends, but I wasn't going to get drunk. I told myself, don't yeah. get drunk. But yeah. I'm like, why am I in this bar right now? Right. I'm 20. Yeah. I was 22. Yeah. So I'm like, why am I in this club right now? Why am I doing this? I'm trying to 
trying to live like not because I was trying I was living both lives not out of rebellious out of like oh I realize this is yeah this, I have no desire to be right. here uh, no desire to get wasted no desire to go out and uh, find see if I could find someone to yeah. meet that night or right. whatever like all that stuff was totally distasteful and right. I realized I prefer I was going to every single thing they had at church like there was mm-hmm. like a kid's puppet, like summer <laughs> summer nights kids puppet summer night. Bash. It was like puppet <laughs> yeah. night, and I'm like, what am I doing? If my friends would see this, they think I'm psycho. I'm not. Oh my goodness! But I remember. But it was funny because yeah. my wife's mom saw this 22 year old like oh man kid hanging out at a puppet show by myself. I'm in the yeah. back row. Like it's just because God is. It, I want to be where God was. Right. And she saw it. Actually, told Heidi, my now wife. Um, Back then, of course, we didn't know each other yet. She told her, like, there's this dude that comes to the puppet shows yeah. like, and literally, like, trying like, to enjoy him. He needs to have friends. He needs to have friends. Like, reach <laughs> out. And he goes, and he's, and he's super handsome. Like, right. of course. Thank yeah, you. of course. And, but of course, this is 90s Alan. So yeah. I'm 50. So this would have been <laughs> way back in the uh, in the 90s era. But all that to say, um, it was then that I realized I just want to be in church. And I threw right. myself into it. I loved it. And then I ended up going back up. Oh, I found my call to ministry. Yeah. So I'm like, during that same year of where I gave myself to God, I was right. a waiter. I took school off for a year, waited tables, yep. gave myself um, to God's call. I'm, like, I'm going to serve the church for one year. Yep. And God called me to ministry. And I'm like, all right. So I went back up to the university where I was attending at the time. Mm-hmm. I graduated. Yep. But when I went up there, it was like, everyone's like, Alan's back. Yeah. We're going to have another house party. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. Alan's, Alan's back, but I am sober cab. I'm yeah. driving you. And I led people to Christ that's awesome. during, in the clubs. Because well, I was just hanging yeah. out with them being friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what's been so cool. And that's I would say that's your biggest MO to anyone who knows you is you, you display Christianity – that we're not weird or like Christians aren't weird. Christians aren't awkward. Right. Christians don't know how to have fun. Right. And I think what's really cool is that you are able to take, you know, cause I think a lot of people would have not gone back and a lot of people would have just like, you know, called it not wasted time, but just be like, well, I can't do that because this is who I'm known, but you're able to take uh, your testimony and you're able to take your new found life and values and all those things and you brought it to what we're supposed to do and that's to bring people who once knew you i think i i I remember jesus saying you know um how hard is it for a prophet to come back to his hometown right uh but you were able you had a moment of blessing to where god was able to bring you back to your hometown and you made an impact to your hometown right because your purpose was not drawn on what can I get? Like you said earlier, it's not the selfish, what can I receive? But it was the selfless. It's the upside down, you know, viewpoint that Jesus brought when he was on earth. And you were able to display that. And people were almost like clinging to it because they're like, this is not, this is not Alan. And almost people were probably saying, this is so different. I have to know <laughs> why, right. why this is, why this because, new Alan is here. Well, it's kind of like God redeems right. your personality for his kingdom purpose. Yeah. It's like, because I think sometimes you see Christianity Christianity as, as I thought it was this because my mom you know my mom God God bless her but this is what I felt like that yep. was being communicated yep. at the church in my hometown I was like I right. don't feel which was this it was oh you you're a Ferrari yeah. you're a red Ferrari yep. and so when you come to the cross you you're you're expected to to leave the red Ferrari yeah. there right get out and go into a beige Ford Tempo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to live in a base four yeah. tempo. They I want a Ferrari. A sound system. Listen, <laughs> they can't rev it. Like they can't do those things. No. And basically, no. it's not about what vehicle you're driving. It's about what, like what you're taking your vehicle to. Yeah, it's direction versus. Yeah. That's what it was. So, so I always felt like that was it. But really, Jesus was like, cool. Your heart's changed. Now get back in your Ferrari and yeah. go the right direction. Right. Absolutely. Go the right direction. Yeah. Don't just, you don't have to give up being the red Ferrari because right. I have a red Ferrari personality. I know that about myself. I'm right. sitting on the Enneagram. I'm yep. ENFP. I am like, I'm a hype dude. I love it. I love high energy. Yeah. I'm a woo on strength finders. I mean, I know myself enough to know. So I thought all that would have to change, but right. it doesn't have to change. So when I went back up to college, they were just like, Alan's back. And like, I used, you know, and I would still be hype, yeah. but I wasn't. 
chasing the I wasn't you chasing after the night. What's that? You remembered the night. I remembered the night. Exactly right. I went home in my bed and just stared up going, thank you, Lord. So to speak. You were dehydrated. (laughs) You you remember the night. I was hydrated with a lot of Sprite. So that was amazing. (laughs) Gatorade Um, was your friend. uh, (laughs) Exactly. Okay. And then, uh, and this, I knew this was going to happen, but we just, it's easy for us to talk. And so real quick snapshot. So that happened. Then what? You got called into pastoring. You yep. said you met your wife. Yep. Got called into pastoring the church that we're at right now. You actually got to youth minister, be a youth pastor at. Yep. For ten. How long were you a youth pastor there for? 2003 to 2012. Okay, so 2012. Then you got called to Washington D.C. Yep. I was going to be a missionary, yep. and then all of that because I love cult, I love how Christianity affects culture. Yeah. And I love post Christian Europe. I've been to 23 different countries. Amazing. I really love the world. Yeah. Realized um, all that to say uh, went on a journey, and on this journey was birthed um, the New Young Christian. Yes. Which is. Yep. Uh, I have a discipleship platform called the New Young Christian, which is. It's basically this. It's building practical faith for modern disciples. Yes. And so I love that. I feel like there's a modern disciple out there that right. needs to see, like you said earlier, Christianity. I don't make Christianity weird. Christianity right. is actually the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And you, and so package it the way it'll be packaged the way it'll come through the way you're packaged. And right. so I'm like, just be yourself. Yes. And love, love Jesus in the way that you do in the culture that you're living in. And don't make it awkward. Nobody right. wants. We all met awkward Christians yes. and awkward churches. Yes. Just, but I think if you could be yourself and and live from who God made you to be, and so that's what it is. And so it just took my all my ministry career of taking my whole my youth ministry career of like how can students, youth, and young adults, millennials, Gen Z people as yeah. the audience, right? Or if you're a new Christian, you're older, but you're just yeah. a newer Christian. Yes. It's called the new Christian because. Um, it's you're new to faith or you're young in faith. Yeah. And so and so I touch on a whole bunch of different things of how to be discipled. Um, in that sense, um, I just released a book called Practical Advice for the Modern Disciple. Yeah. It's basically all of my years of ministry up until essentially now. I put it into a book form of like, and it's got different topics from yeah. how to stop unstoppable sins, how to yep. become, how to find your confidence, right? Um, how to be um, gospel instead of being political. Yep. It's just all these kind of things, you know, how to be free, you know, just all these different yeah. things. And um, so I put that together and that's great. been really great. Um, I love celebrating that. So that Discipleship Platform has been around. I'm doing some YouTube stuff now with mm-hmm. it and just trying to get, it's, it's all this. It's like, Get the message out. Right. Like, I don't give, you know, great. Right. People, people read it great. If they don't, I give it I give it away as a resource yeah, absolutely. to certain people. I'm like, just get the message out. Yeah. Like, Jesus is amazing. Yes. Salvation is worth it. Right. Following Jesus is worth it. Yeah. Um, you can be the man of God or the woman of God you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Um, because God's given you everything you need for life and godliness. So follow hard after Jesus and it should be enjoyable. If your faith is boring, the problem's not with God. The problem's with you. Yeah. If faith is boring, the problem is is that you've got your eyes focused on the wrong thing. Or if, if you're falling asleep at the wheel of your mm-hmm. faith and you don't have any, you don't have any direction. Right. That's then go to God because God's right. got. God says He has as many thoughts towards you as grains yes. of sand on the yes. seashore. Right. Have you been to the beach lately? Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do just go there, lay down wet, and then take right. a look at how many grains of sand yeah, are on exactly. you. Like. That's how many thoughts he has towards right. you. So grab a thought yep. and run with and it run and with watch it, yeah. God transform your life. Absolutely. And I and I think what you're saying, too, is another great why to me starting this podcast is because I've grown up in church my whole life. And I've heard these stories and I've heard these promises and I've heard all these different things. And it became a rule book rather than a way of life. Right. And I think what I want people to get out of this podcast, and I think you're a great person who lives it out is that these scriptures is, you know, alive and active. It's always happening. It's always available. It's it's going to be there for you. But if you never open it, search it, read it, hear it, you're yeah. not going to be available to it. And I agree. I think it's something to where if we want purpose, purpose is found in Christ, in God, in his word, and it's available yes. if we have the right lens to it. And so uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, but, Alan, you you came ready uh, with the story in, that's found in 1 Samuel 17. Now, it's about David and Goliath, which is many verses long, but we're going to cut it short to 1 Samuel 17, 34 
Duke 37, and then we'll kind of talk um, pre-context and post-context about that. But uh, we will be back in a short second to read that, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and Alan, uh, before the break, we said that we are going to jump into the story of David and Goliath. Uh, that's going to be found in 1 Samuel 17, for those of you that want to read. Uh, but we're going to jump to verse 31 and read through 37. So, Alan, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm actually going to, that's the passage that I want to look at, but I'm going to read specifically uh, verse 34 through 37. And as we all know, the context of First Samuel 17 is David battling the, the Goliath, of course, which we love that story. But yeah. I love, I love the um, the prequel of yeah. it so much. And there's a hint to it of this. It says in verse 34, David answered Saul, "Your servant has been trend, has been tending his father's sheep. Yep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from." its mouth if it's if it reared up against me i'll grab it by the fur strike it down and kill it verse 36 says your servants killed lions and bears and this philistine will be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living god then david said the lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the philistine saul says go and may the lord be with you and bless yes. you I yeah. love that story. Yes. Woo! I it gets me it fired too. up. It's, I mean, and it, what's really cool is this specific passage that we're talking about, like you said, it, it's a preference to um, the whole entire story. I consider it Star Wars episodes one, two, and three to the yeah. four, five, six giant kill, which yeah. leads to the seven episodes, seven, eight, nine, which is referring to obviously David as king. Yes, 100%. And, um, and so what's happening is. For those of you that don't know the story, uh, there's a giant, literal giant, not like figurative giant, not like mental giant, a dude who is massive. His name is Goliath. And basically what's taking place is uh, Israel and, and Philistine, uh, the Philistine people, uh, they are battling. But but what they're realizing is that what's smarter is you, you should have a representative of each camp so that we don't kill millions of people. We should just have one person die. And so... Goliath was the clear-cut favor of the Philistines to come in. And so basically he's mocking people. He's mocking the people of God, Israel, this whole time. You know, um, you know, I love taunting people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, especially when I know <laughs> trash I'm talking something, I love trash talking. Yeah. And then my favorite is once you say something, you give them that smirk because you know that you're going to be better than them. And so that's the only reason why you trash talk. If you don't hear me trash talk, that's because I know that I'm not good at something. And I'll just keep my mouth shut and say that's humility. You so um, you're so you're admitting you're actually not good at something because you are that, good at everything I've seen. Yeah, I know my strengths, and when I'm there not strong at something, I know when to keep my mouth shut. Uh, and and so, so David, who is a shepherd, right? He's and again pre pre context. Uh, he um, he's the youngest of how many brothers did he, does he have? It's Something obscure, like the Duggars would be proud if they knew how many sons, uh, you know, Jesse had. And, and, and he was the one who was picked and anointed to be the new king. Um, and so, But he wasn't in the lineup. he wasn't in the lineup. He was out tending the sheep. So Which he, I think is part of the prequel story that I yeah. think is really interesting because if I felt like if like a pastor came over to me, you know, if someone came in from the government literally right. and said, Hey, um, one of your family, one of your children's going to be president. Yeah. I'm going to be like, okay, everybody go out, everybody get haircuts. Yeah. We're going to go to, we're going to go to gap. We're going to go to H and M. We're going to get all dressed up. Gonna Everyone's going to look yeah. great. We're going to get, make sure take off school. We're not going to yeah. school that day. Right. You know, we're not going to work that day. Take yeah. off work. My wife's taking off work. I'm taking off work. House you pristine, do, everything is just set up. Everything is set up and ready to go. And so when he comes to crown and say, this is the dude, yep. he has all of the sons up there yeah. um, ready to go, except for except one, for little Davey. which is Davy. which he decides, <laughs> his dad says, 
it's better for you to be in the field and watch over yeah. watch over the sheep. Basically, go swing on the swing set. We don't have time for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like we're at the Thanksgiving table. Yeah. You got to go eat at the kids' table because there's just you by yourself yeah. at the kids' table. And the kids' table's outside so that no one knows you exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's what's happening. And so uh, all of David's brothers who were picked who were told, who were set up to be the king in the eyes of the father are out to war right now. Yeah. And so David, but I, hey, I will say on yeah. that one point, I, I will say, you know, David's felt a rejection in that right. moment in the lineup. Yeah. Okay. We're still back in the, in then, but my, one of my thoughts is, is, you know, God will use the rejection from those people in your life as right. a redirection right. for God's purpose for your life. Yes. The rejection was really became a redirection yes. because God, course corrects him yep. into this moment where he's going to be well and it's in front interesting too because when you look at david and you would think of david i would i i personally would been like well why why should i go like i would put myself in that category of being like i'm not worthy because no one remembered me uh and rather than being someone because when i read stories of david it feels like he it like he is able to rub it off his shoulders and he moves on like based on all these different things, I would have such a hard time if I knew that my dad forgot about me. Yes, I would. I would have. That's such a the crazy part. Time. Yeah, because yeah. I would be like, "Well, you don't want me, clearly." Yeah, uh, and so clearly, I didn't measure up to your standards right. of what you want for your sons. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly, that you don't even. And I always go. So it's like you've got this kid that has to shake off. The rejection of a father. I mean, we've all been those moments. If yeah. you're a dude on here, you want your dad to be proud of you. I suppose yes. if you're a girl, you want your mom yeah. to be proud of you. We want both parents to be proud of us. But, right. but those moments of where you feel like you're not measuring up, and then, so it's hard enough. And then I think a lot of Christians, they feel they don't measure up to God, what God thinks about them and how God sees them. Because God saw David in this place as yeah. a, as the king of Israel, mm-hmm. as the giant killer. Yep. And and the dad didn't, and the brothers didn't, and there's going to be times in your life when people will are not going to see your potential, not see your worth, they're not going to see your value. But God does. Yeah, God even does the man see of it. God didn't see him because you know when Samuel came, uh, who was the prophet, he was even like, oh yeah, like I think the scriptures would say, like even he thought these people were it. And God because they be look like, good, they yeah, were they tall, looked good, they, they looked strong, strong, they looked like what a king should look like. But then um, God says to the priest, he says, wait, is there someone it. not here? Because yep. God is seeing that the guy's not here because God will always see you right. in those mundane moments. Yep. And that's why, you know, serving, I'm telling you, your future depends on your faithfulness in the mundane moments. Right. Absolutely. Your future has purpose in the mundane unseen right. yep. because God sees you and it's not mundane. Right. We'll find out there's a lot more to him being yeah, in the field. Ab- absolutely. And so... So then what happens is all of this situation takes place. David's brothers then go to war and David essentially uh, comes and brings a meal because uh, his dad tells him to go bring a meal. And David then sees the scene of this Philistine who is not of God, mocking God and mocking the people of God. And David just has this moment where he's like, someone has to do something about it. And his brother's first reaction is, get out of here. Like, what are you doing? So right. there's almost like two now moments, clear, distinct moments where David has been rejected by people, family, even those that maybe should know him the best. Uh, he's been rejected twice now. Yep. And so again, if I were David, I, if I were David in that moment, I would have, I would have thrown the cheese wheel at him, the bread, all the things that I brought, I would have thrown it at my brother's yeah. And, you know, given them a one finger salute, if I'm being honest, like yeah. I would have been like, well, forget you. Right. Like, you you clearly like have something against me. Right. So fine. Go, 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 you know, lose the battle. Like, because clearly you're doing a great job standing there, you know, because yep. <laughs> you know, no one would do anything. So uh, I love that David then was like, fine, I'm, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the king. Right. Who clearly has no idea who I am. Right. Uh, or what I'm about. But. I'm going to go up to him. And I love the the king didn't know who he was, but David knew who he was because David went and he does, if you go back to the prequel, which is where this verse in verse 17 is coming from, is the prequel time he ends up 
getting in the lineup and he gets anointed and Samuel, the prophet says, you will be king. Yeah. And so there's times, you know, I love David's response to this because David's response is saying, you know, I don't have the title of king yet. Right. I don't have the business card that says king. Yep. I don't have the affirmation from all of the, everybody in the, in, in the city saying all hail King David. Right. But so he may not have the title, but he has the responsibility. Yes. And there's times in life when you're going to be younger, like David, because he was young in this, especially young people listening to this, and you're in college, you're in high school, you're a young leader, you know what I mean? And you don't get the recognition, you're not getting seen or heard or felt, but um, you don't, and you don't have the title, you don't have the title that you're, you haven't arrived at the title yet that you've been dreaming and praying and asking God for, but you, you have the responsibility. Yeah. So David takes the responsibility. He feels the weight of a king. Mm-hmm. So he goes to King Saul, yeah. you're, you're going to reference here, and he goes there and he says, why are you not doing anything as a king? He doesn't have the title of king, but he right. feels that responsibility. Like, as a king, I can't allow this. Yeah. Now, even though he doesn't say that in the scriptures, he feels the responsibility and says he basically takes on the responsibility of a king and goes to battle. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I remember even the first youth ministry that I was a pastor over, I served under the former youth pastor for six six months, I think. Yep. And I had to learn that he was still the lead and I was yes. there to help him and support him. But I had a running list of what I would change, how I would change it, and do all these things because like you said and what you said David was feeling is he was feeling the mantle of leadership yes. over what he was about to step into. Yes. Um, and so it would be a horrible thing for him to come in and be like, you don't know me, Saul. You may have heard of me because Samuel came and reported you about me, but I'm here and I'm going to take over. Right. Because then that's just resistance from the beginning. But he came because he had such a heart for the nation that he was going to be a king over that he brought Saul and was like, listen, I'll step up. And he's like, who are you? <laughs> like, who's this short guy coming into my tent? Yeah. You know, because that'd be interesting, too, because if Saul was the king, I bet you there were people guarding his tent. And how did David get in there? Those how did he get in there? Yeah. Me nuts. I want to know that. I want to know, like, did did they have the two dudes with the spears that made the X and was like, who are you? How'd you get in here? And he's like, you know, Jedi mind trick him. He's like, you will let me see the king. Right, exactly. I will let you see the king. And like, yeah. kind of going, you know. And so those are the details that I'm like, how did David even get in there? Yeah. And then think about even how, you know, what would I do, you know, is like, okay, so I'm going, it'd be like, I'm going to President Biden's White House right yeah. now right. and telling him this is what he needs to do yes. to fix the problem with right. the, the enemy nation. Yes. Like, yeah. That takes, I mean, even as a grown man, I'm yeah. like, okay, like, do I have that in me to do that? Think right. if you're like, well, he's like 16 in this. Yeah. Think about yeah. being a 16-year-old and going to President Biden's office right now and telling him how to fix right. the, the problem nations or in like the world. Or like tell him why, he's, why, is, why is he not doing what he's supposed to be doing? Like, right. That just takes so much coconuts. It like, does. It's, it's crazy. And even for me, like if I know I have to have any sort of altercation or any sort of hard conversations, it takes me a solid week to wrap my head to build the strength and stamina to be able to have those conversations. Right. And so I can't even imagine if I were David, I would be circling around the two guards who are giving me X's with spears of being like, you can do this. You're called to like, right. you know, just trying to build myself up. Right. It's like, like, I need my phone, friends on the phone to tell me like, you yeah. got this dude. You got this bro. You got this. <laughs> yeah, I know. You start tweeting before it became a thing. Be like, pray for me. Like, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There. Yeah. Yeah. Put on the prayer, put on the prayer chain. But it's like, but you know, he's, he does this and he, he goes in and um, I was going to say, there's something about. Um, when you, when you don't have, you know, it's like this, it's like, it takes a lot of confidence Yeah. and confidence is not what I think a lot of people see confidence. Like I'm going to do this for God. So right. I got to muster it up. Yeah. There's a, but rather instead confidence is not what you do with God's help. It's what right. God does with your help. Yes. So God was there speaking, moving. God is doing the Jedi mind tricking for you. God is opening up the tent doors for you. God is making the way because confidence in those moments is in the anointing. Yes. David was anointed. And if you're listening to this, you're like, what's the anointing mean? It means basically you have the covering and the affirmation and the the ability of the Holy Spirit in your life 
as a Christian, which right. we receive at salvation, yep. you have that to walk into a situation. And if you're like, I think I can do this, mm-hmm. that's the confidence of the Lord giving you the confidence in the anointing to say, if if you feel you're supposed to do it and God's calling you to do it, you step out to do it, then it's like, okay, God, then it's God's confidence that is undergirding you. Yes. And it's not like self-help, self-will. It's not, David wasn't, right. David didn't go to self-esteem, uh, go <laughs> go to a webinar on self-esteem yeah. Yeah, exactly. and get like supercharged. Right. He was simply following the anointing of the Holy Spirit on right. his life. Yeah. And I think what's, um, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about that is um, David had confidence and his brothers, those around us, even this world today in 2021, if someone's confident, we automatically associate it with arrogance. But if someone's confident doing God's work, the number one attribute that has to take place in that individual is humility. Yeah. Because it's not about them. Right. It's it's about God's plan. And so I think it's interesting that it's the two side of the coin. The yep. world looks at confidence as arrogance. Yeah. God looks at confidence as humility because that's the only thing that allows us to be driven to and, and do something that's not for us. Totally. And arrogance would say, look at me, uh, what I'm doing, uh, you know, on my own. Right. Confidence, a godly confidence, yep. you would say, is look at God, what God's doing. Yes. Um, what God is doing through me as right. I depend on God. Yes. You know, self, depending on yourself or self-assurance builds it. And crafts and forges arrogance. Right. When you're like, I'm, you know, I got self confidence. Yep. That you will drift into arrogance real easy. But self, but when you put um, God confidence on it, mm-hmm. then 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 that produces the confidence because you're dependent upon God. You're right. not dependent upon yourself. Right. Absolutely. He and and that's where we find out in that verse with the bears and the lions. Yep. Is David realizes it was God that was. In this verse, you know, I guess I'm jumping yeah. ahead of the story. Do no, you want me to good. go there and, next? And I want to, we're going to take a break in a little bit, but I wanted to give some historical context to the anointing thing that you were talking about. Um, before uh, Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn, uh, the Israelites wanted a king. Like they had God, but they were like, all the nations get it and they get a king. They get a physical person. And so they chose Saul, who David interacts with in this conversation. But the priest uh, and the man of God anoints them with oil over them, has this, uh, you know, this celebratory experience. And when someone gets anointed, the presence of God is over them and anoints them. Like what we would say in this now age is that the Holy Spirit is in them. And so when someone gets anointed, there's that Holy Spirit, God, you know, reverence to them. And they're supposed to seek uh, God's nation in the ways that he would ask for them. So when David got anointed, there was a covering that really only him and Saul had. And so there was almost this like competing nature, not in a negative way, but like now you have two people who are becoming anointed. And I think once this two anointed individuals come face to face with each other, you start seeing that the differences is that Saul was someone who the people wanted because he looked the part, right? David was experiencing those his whole entire life of what people looked at him and, you know, failed to match up to what people expected. And David was the type of individual that God knew that they needed. And so once Saul and David kind of interact for the first time, as you read later on in the rest of 1 Samuel, you notice that David and Saul start having negative interactions with each other because the colors of each person starts coming out. And so, yeah. Um, and so I just want to give that a little bit of a context and uh, we're going to get, we're going to take a, another break. Uh, then when we come back, we're going to talk about the verses that we mentioned because some of you are like, whoa, 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 David just listed off some baller characteristics of things that he did. So I want to make sure that we get to that. And so we're going to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. And uh, before the break, we, we were lining up back to the verses that we were talking about. And I want to give um, a little um, highlight to David when he was describing the things that he'd done. Uh, he said this to Saul. He goes, your servant was tending his father's sheep. So he's a, uh, you know, a, a shepherd. And he goes, when a lion and a bear came to take a lamb, I went out after him and I rescued it from its mouth. When he rose up against me, I seized him. I love my translation goes by the beard 
and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. So this guy's nothing, basically. Holy smokes. Like, again, he's a teenager, essentially, and he's killed a bear and a lion. I would then, I guess now knowing that as we we progress in this, I would have confidence. A bear and a lion are a big deal. Right. Like that's a king of a jungle. You've just you've you've already destroyed a king, essentially. Right. In the king of the jungle and a lion. And my daughter loves wild cats right now. Like that's all we watch and read about. Yep. Lions are nuts. And They're bears nuts. are nuts. I can't can you imagine okay, so if you were fifteen and a bear came after you, what would you do? Like Think of that. Like in a ball and cry, yeah. probably at 15, because <laughs> I was a wuss pants back then. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like. <laughs> right. Yeah. And but then a lion comes at me, too, and like all this type of thing. But I think David, again, we we talked about it. He just has that responsibility mantle. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, forget the sheep. Good, good, bye, bye, right. sheep. I'm like running away going, good luck, sheep. Yeah, exactly. You, you're, you, you're toast. Sorry. Lamb chop, you're fine. You're fine, <laughs> lamb chop. Yeah. But it's like, but, you know, this brings you back to this of like, you know, what would I do? I can imagine if I was in the field yeah, and I'm anointed to be king yeah, and I'm doing what my dad asked me to do. Like I'm, I'm in the mundane. I'm yep. being faithful yep. in my assignment, right. faithful in my season, yeah. waiting for my future dream to come to pass, right. which is where many young people and many leaders have to live. We have yep. to live in the, in the now to get to the next, you yep. know what I mean? It's like I can imagine being in that moment, and all of a sudden I see the tussle yeah. in the in the foliage, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here going like, no, 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 no! Don't tell me there's a lion. There's a lion. Right. And and I would be going. Here's here's what I'd be doing. I'd be going, Jesus, please, or not Jesus. I guess yeah. it'd be Jehovah. Yeah. <laughs> it's God of Abraham, Isaac. God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Jacob, please, please, please protect me. I would be calling yeah. on God. Yeah. And I was saying I would be praying. Protect me from what's about to happen because I don't want to die out here. I don't want to. So then I'm praying. Let's say I'm praying for a good 15 minutes. The tussle kind of leaves. I'm like, oh, God just brought a miracle. I could have been eaten by a lion. And right when I'm thanking God out of nowhere, he comes out. This lion comes at you. And it's like you're dodging it. And David, in the moment, suddenly grabs a little bit of that godly confidence, a little bit of that. Of of that purpose of like of of like just somehow digs deep mm-hmm. and you know and it says in there it says I went after it yeah. and struck it down like right. he grabs the fur of right. of this lion so to speak he goes in and so it's dodging at him he's getting he's got a gash on his arm oh, yeah he didn't be, come unscathed at all he didn't like, come he unscathed battle wound gash on the arm goes in lions he takes out his little sword that he has yeah and somehow guts this lion yeah and if and the carcass is there oh man and he's bleeding like tauntaun style in star wars like episode. tauntaun style in star yeah. wars he's just like it's coming at you <laughs> he doesn't know what's going and not only that okay so let's say that happens right but then six weeks later, let's say, yeah, and all of a sudden he's like tussle in the tussle in the yeah, foliage, tussle. and he's like God, you know, he's like you know Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, be my provider. Here we go, <laughs> yeah. I need you, right? Like I, I pray, I, I pray a hedge of protection. Yeah, exactly. I pray yeah. the covering of God Almighty uh, yeah. over my over my sheep and my life. Right. And out of nowhere charges this bear, a bear takes a swipe, comes in, Gets gouges him. half of his side out. Yeah. He's bleeding profusely. He takes it and then let's just go super dramatic. Takes yep. the blade, shoves it into the skull of the bear yes. while he jumps on top of it and kills the bear. Yeah. Um, after he's prayed another hedge of protection, right. another asking God. And these are the moments where when I walk away from this, mm-hmm. I would be saying, God, I've done everything right. Yeah. I've honored my dad. I've honored my parents. Yep. I'm doing my mundane assignment. I've right. been overlooked once, twice. Yep. I feel like my brothers hate me. I'm doing this. And then I pray for protection from these things that are trying to harm me. And you didn't show up. Yeah. The way the way he would have thought God would. Right, exactly. You didn't show up. Right. The way that I prayed for a hedge of protection. I'm doing everything right and honoring right. you, God, in every single area of my life. Yeah. And now I'm bleeding and I have the scars now. Yeah. I've been attacked. I'm. 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 I feel like I've been. I'm in pain. Yeah. 
And then now fast forward to this moment when David tried the armor on and it didn't fit. Yep. And I can imagine as he was trying on the armor, he tried to put on the breastplate and to yep. get the breastplate on, he sees the scars he from the line. The scars, yeah. He he, again, he puts on the belt, the yep. belt to try to put on Saul's armor. He sees the scrape of the yeah. of the of the ba- the bear paw on the side, and God uses that to say. Yeah. I was with you then. Yep. You felt the anointing. Yep. You you had the power. You had the confidence. Right. And what you thought back then was me abandoning you was me actually. I gave you everything you need to win you back then, him. so that you would have the strength and the courage and and the and the coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to face this giant yeah. so much so that David blurts it out what God was speaking to yes. him. Yep. He blurts it out to the king yeah. right. and says, I got the bears alliance. Surely I can do this Philistine. Right. And it all begins to make sense. So you need to remember that what you're dealing with the season, you know what I mean? I would say it this way. The resistance you're experiencing now in your purpose is the friction you receive when you're making moves. Yeah. And that friction and that and those scars and the claw marks yep. that you're experiencing right. now will have a purpose yes. to give you the God confidence to take on your giant right. then. Yep. Absolutely. You know what I mean? In the future, yep. in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I even think too, like he was anointed. And so I would almost have as well, like I'm anointed. Like if I'm anointed, that means I have to survive this. Yeah. And you almost have that not stupid invincibility mentality, but it's like, no, 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 no. If I'm bleeding out, God's protecting me. So you almost are like, like what you were saying, be like, God, where were you? But be like, no, I, okay. I'm reminding myself I am anointed. This is not a mistake. This is what clearly happened. And so if a bear comes at me, I've got that protection. If a yeah. lion comes at me, I've got that protection that I can go all out. I can grab it by the beard, uh, you know, punch it in the face and know that it's going to be okay regardless if I get hurt because I have that anointing and that covering that of protection that is supernatural that I'm just coming into understanding of because of what Samuel said over me prior right. to all these different things. So, But I love what you talked about when – he puts the armor on, and it, it it says in scripture later in that verse, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. It didn't fit him because you know I imagine Saul being six foot four, ripped out of his mind, and David being like five foot nine, and you know a buck sixty on a good day. Right. Uh, and so he's putting it on, but like you said, he feels the scars, and he's like, and it's almost the Old Testament, you know, back in the Jacob, Isaac, they would make those monuments and they would make those moments to remember what God did. And that was a living, yep. you know, moment of reminding him himself, oh, no, 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 God's got this. God's and got I this. Love, I remember even growing up in Sunday school and hearing like, why is he calling him an uncircumcised Philistine? Like, that's such a weird name. But for those of you who don't know, if you're uncircumcised, now it's weird, funny to talk about, right? Because it's about a body part. But that was the covenant mark for the people of God. So if someone was not there, they were not under the covering of God and they clearly right. were about what God was not about. And so when David says that, it was basically saying, this is the enemy of God that you're supposed to protect Saul. And so if if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. And I think he just had a sick of it mentality of people like saying, these people are mocking your God, my God. And if I'm going to be this guy, like I will not be leader of a puny nation that is going to wuss out over someone with size because look at me i've been mocked and ridiculed my whole life i'm going to do it then right and and i love it because then you know if you continue on the story david then by himself goes and finds three smooth stones has his slingshot five smooth stones sorry uh has his he only needed one right uh, it's interesting one, yep. that he grabbed five but he yep. only needed one and I remember hearing um, a preacher do some deep dive details into this. And uh, a, there was slingers in the military, in that military. Like, that's what they did is they were slingshot. It was almost like being snipers. Like snipers, like, yeah. I and they say. just, they could whip that thing, yep. you know, like crazy. And so there was some, when I heard that, there was some legitimacy to David then being a, a slingshotter because it was also probably a form of protection he used shepherding. Yeah. Uh, because then he could do that. And um, because then he, lo- you know, I feel like then David chose his strategy. Like he's a strategist as well, because he's like, if I go, if I try to duke it out, 
with this giant, I'm going to die. But if I hit him from like farther away, which is my gifting, oh man, this is going to be great. So he has that ability to just whip a rock. Uh, but then imagine the supernatural anointing of the velocity hitting, yep. you know, because again, I, you know, flannel graph Sunday school, uh, Matt, I just see this little guy giving like a, eh. Like, and for right. those of you that are listening, you know exactly the type of velocity I just gave when I gave a, eh, you know? And that's how I imagine. But it's like, how did that rock destroy a giant? But if you have someone who knows what he's doing, can whip that thing like crazy, plus then you have the supernatural of that rock hitting yep. them, game over. It's the supernatural hand of God on your on your everyday skills. Yep. It's the supernatural hand of God on your everyday life. Yep. I think a lot of times we're like, well, you know, we want, we, because you're going to have your facing your giant moments, but it's the everyday life. Like it's your, it's the hand of God on your, on your prayer life yeah. on a daily basis, right. on your scripture reading on a yeah. daily basis. It's on your serving faithfully in your church or in right. work or in your ministry or your parents yeah. or on a daily basis. It's those daily, it's the mundane daily faithfulness yeah. that God wants to grow you in and strengthen you in so that when you come face to face with a moment to where you have to you've got a you're you're there and it's divine yeah. and you know God set this up and you have to be able to step out in faith in a big way. Yeah. God is going to flashback you and remind you and use all of the skill and the training you know, the, to get to this point, it's like the, it's Romans. It's like trying to Romans eight twenty eight. The moment it's like yeah. God worked all that for good. So that means the scars I got from that, let's say that that bad my, the bad relationship I had with my parents that left right. scars on my life because of the divorce. Yep. God will actually use that yes. for me to take down um, this big thing in my life. Yeah. Oh, the 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 sin I had to overcome of addiction or pornography or or, or, you know, alcohol or, or you know, shame, whatever it is. Yeah. Overcoming that and the scars from that moment right. will set me up to say, oh, I can for sure take yeah. on this bigger thing Absolutely. because God's working all of that for the greater purpose and the greater good. Yeah. And then to wrap it up with your testimony, that's exactly what you did when you came back to school yes. with a different purpose. You yep. took the scars of your former life, so to speak. Of partying, DJing, being the life, yeah. And now, you know, not to Christianize this, you you were you were the life, but now you came back bringing life, yeah, through Jesus. And I think that's awesome. And like I said at the beginning, you do that everywhere you go. You bring life and you bring Jesus to all those places. And so, uh, Alan, thank you so much for taking the time to being a part of this podcast. I Love I know it. I enjoyed it. Love uh, it. And I hope you enjoyed the experience. I hope people listening enjoyed the experience. And again, I just want to let everyone know if you're interested in anything that what uh, Alan was saying, uh, you have a website. You said New Young Christian. Is it newyoungchristian.org? Yeah, or, it's well, it's this. It's the newyoungchristian.com or it's my name, alanpastion.com. Yep, and that'll be in the episode notes below. So I, I strongly encourage you to check it out. Check out his website. Check out his vlogs. Check out his book. Um, it will encourage you. It will strengthen you. And so, again, thank you so much. And if you have any questions about what we talked about, I'd love for you to email me at wwidpod at gmail.com where we can continue the conversation. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time on What Would I Do?